0: This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Hello, welcome to episode 72 of the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean. This week I'm joined by Will Goff from PTB. Hello, Will. Hello, hello. Hello. And all the way by the miracles of technology from Detroit it's in Illinois, is it?
1: No, it's in Michigan.
0: Michigan, that's right. All the way from Detroit, Michigan. Andy Richway, how are you doing, mate?
1: Fantastic, Matt. Fantastic. All the better for yesterday as well.
0: Yeah, great to have you on. Um, I think, I mean, you, you're, um, you've are you're been tweeting stuff, you got a bit of attention about the fact that you're coming over for <laughs> this epic trip uh, to watch the Latics from Detroit for the... Uh, you are coming over twice, aren't you? For, um... I am, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll be over next weekend, Col- Colchester away and Crawley away. And I'm coming over by myself next week. But at Easter, I, I'll be bringing my son and probably another six along with him. And also my uh, nephew from Australia, from Adelaide, is going to be there as well. Wow. Which is Good fantastic. Effort. Good effort. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Got to do it, yeah. Got to do it.
0: I mean, yeah, it's just, I, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's this, this morning, this has been, I've been rough as a bear's arse today. Um, and that's the first time I felt so rough after a home game in ages. It was just one of those where I, 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 the whole day I was just looking forward to it. And I had it planned. I went out for some, uh, went to the Cobb Call in the market um, and got some some snacks from the fantastic Lucknow Junction next door and got some barges and some horses and had some pints of cider. It was just brilliant. And then went to the game. Which was just fantastic, and then afterwards into the OEC, which was bouncing in there after the game, and then on to Weyton, and there was a band on at the railway, and had a brilliant, just had a brilliant day all day. It was just ace um, because the football didn't spoil didn't spoil it. It it just added the added to the day. And it's just it's just a amazing feeling. Looking back just before we came on this before we press record and just to sort of g myself up a bit because I've had a shower and I'm starting to feel a bit more human now. I was looking through the hashtag at some of the the footage from yesterday, the Rochdale Road end, the bounce. John Sheridan okay. at the end. And it's just you start feeling a bit emotional about it all, to be honest, compared to where we were at. Like some of the conversations that you and I have had, Will, this season on the podcast. You know, it's been,
2: you know, we've been Oh, it's been miserable.
0: Oh, it has, hasn't it?
2: Yeah. It's such such breath of fresh
0: air. I'm just happy, happy
2: about it. We've needed
0: yeah. this, haven't we? We really have. Um Andy, you're looking at it from afar, I mean. You know, I mean, I was in Ireland when I started this podcast, which is within the same time zone and 45 mm. minutes away. But you still at times feel a long way from the action. So I started the podcast just sort of because it was something that, that I would have wanted um, as mm. a fan. What's your experience been like supporting Latics? Just give us a bit of background on how long you've been over there and, and what it's been like being a Latics fan all that way from home.
1: Well, <clears throat> I haven't lived in Oldham, actually, since 1984. So I've been and I've been all over the place Mm -hmm. and I've been in in the U.S. now for 20. This is the 23rd year. Um, Actually, 24th. Um, And it's been very, very difficult up until about seven years ago when we got the first I think it was about seven years ago. We got the first um, I follow type coverage that became available through the club. Um, up until that point, I couldn't see games and I, I really couldn't find any streams or, or, or anything like that. Um, so it, it's it's always been something that I've done from afar and distantly. And then about seven years ago, it just kicked in. And, and it's become, I mean, it's great now. I can watch every single game live. You know, uh, I pay for it, of course. Listen to Roy and Mikey. Uh, and it makes my weekend, you know. It's fantastic. Um, and then, I've always, you know, you, you feel a bit disconnected. It's Oldham's my hometown, and, uh, you know, I'll always be an Oldham lad. And then social media and connecting with people on social media, again, probably over the last five years I've been doing that, that helps me connect with people, with other Oldham lads like yourselves. And it, it's it's just wonderful. I wouldn't, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have thought I'd been able to do this and, and be close to my football team again, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it is. It is. It, it. The changes have been massive. When I moved to Ireland like uh, ten years ago, and and you know it was a case of like refreshing um, your, the phone to to check the score, and that was that was what you did on a Saturday afternoon, whatever you'd be yeah. doing, you know, you'd be in the shops or you'd be in the pub or whatever you'd yeah. be doing. And you'd just be sitting there scrolling the phone, you get into the last five minutes of the game and you'd be saying to people around you, all right, this is when they, this is when they score that equaliser now, or they, they, they nipped the winner, the other team in the last five. And then you Saturday the afternoon, right. afternoons ruined from, from that and all the, all the usual, but you, it's just, it's been a revelation hasn't it. This last, like you said, five, six, seven, eight years in terms of the technology and, and the, the connectivity. The social media side of things, I mean, for me, the block button is brilliant because I, it doesn't have to be such a toxic place. You've got the usual, you know, knob for want of a better term, you know, <laughs> and they can pollute. They can pollute your timeline with the same old garbage. But I think it's just been the most brilliant thing for football, for football fans, for connectivity. And and, and I think what it's done, I think, will, you know, from like from your point of view, we've push the boundaries when when you've needed to try to like galvanize fans and pull fans together and feel that there's, you know, there's a cause worth fighting for. You've been able to use it for that. And then when we've got scenes like what's happened over the last five games on the shares, it's just been a brilliant way to to share that sort of passion and and and, and footage and it, it, and yesterday, this morning, actually, I, I, went, I, I went on YouTube and uh, I saw some of the footage that some of the, the Bradford fans had uploaded from their end. You know, they are one of their um, vloggers and stuff. And it's just really nice, isn't it, to be able to see the game from, from the away end and see the whole different... saw the goals from a, a different view and saw what was... how amazing Boundary Park looked yesterday, full in the sunshine, the atmosphere... Um, and you can really bring it all in and, and relive it, can't you? And it does make you feel like if, it's, if you're not there, it's it's certainly the next best thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, well, social media can be great. Um, it's just, you know, you get the, the wind-up merchants that are on there that their sole purpose is basically to wind people up and make it a negative place. Um, as long as you can filter those out, you know, it's such a great tool for keeping on top of things and... I mean, I know it's not Latics related, but I saw, um, saw something yesterday about a, a Burnley fan who'd put a, um, an advert in, a, in the local paper asking for um, lifts from Southport to the Burnley match because um, he, like, he's got Parkinson's and can't drive anymore. That got shared and there's just like loads of people on there saying, you know, like, oh, you know, if, if there's someone that's going to give him a lift every match, I'll pay for his season ticket for the year um because i can't do it myself but you know i'll chip in or we'll do this or you know set up a fundraiser and i'll pay for a taxi for every match and stuff like that it, it you know it's great to see there, there are good people out there
0: people are good generally speaking you know I mean, you have to sometimes you can people can forget that but but people are decent people are good and the club yesterday was um that lad uh that little kid who lives locally uh who's got cancer who was at the club yesterday. The club really looked after him again, and um I noticed um, that the the, the Atléticos have raised loads of money now for their uh, their flags and whatever else that they've got planned for the for that end. And I, I just uh, I noticed a tweet from them just before we came on, and they took a picture um, from back in two thousand and seventeen when they sort of started yeah. up to yesterday, and the the, the, the difference. Uh, and they contribute such a massive, massive part of the atmosphere because it's contagious, isn't it? When like, It spreads. Um, and I, feel like I text one of the lads, of, like, you've done a brilliant job. I like, feel proud to be a latics fan in that, in that end yesterday. Really, really, it's
2: they, unbelievable. They do, they, they do a cracking job, yeah. And, you know, God knows they've had to put up with some shit performances. Mm. And for them to keep going and to keep positive and, to do what they're doing, they're a credit, they really are.
0: And you could see the look on Sheds face yesterday after he uh, when he was uh, sort of saluting, the pumping his fist at the, at the uh, buzzing. He was absolutely buzzing. That connection see him between singing along, singing along. Yeah, he, big smile on his face, like absolutely loving it. And the players can't fault the players at all. the, the, the their attitude since Sheds has come in has been first class. I thought yesterday. In terms of the game, um, until we scored the goal, I thought Bradford were probably the better side. I didn't think that the goals just the both the goals just kind of came out of nothing, you know, like two good two set pieces, and then we were up, and then yeah, I don't know what what you made of the actual game or the performance, Andy. You watched it yourself, did you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. I watched it in a in a bar, so it's it kick, it kick off at ten am for us, so you start drinking at ten am and it's it gets it gets ugly from there you know (laughs) Uh, um but it's a different team isn't it it's a fundamentally different team completely different behavior completely different culture and and the clubs behaving differently as well right the club there's a lot of positivity coming out the club relative to social media and so on um i look back probably i know the harrogate game was was a shocker right but I look back. I think my low point of the season was Boxing Day. You know, mm. I had a house full of people here watching Lattics and it was bloody miserable. Like, I was, I, it was embarrassing. You know. Yeah. And I compare that performance at home yesterday against against that Scunthorpe game on Boxing Day, and it's night and day. You just can't you can't make a comparison. It's too, it's too vast the difference. And that's, that's really, you know, I'm enjoying football again. I'm enjoying my Saturdays again. I'm enjoying um, talking about football with my family, with my kids and, and so on. It, it, I haven't been like that for a while. And I think the most important thing, Matt, is that I think we have a sellable club now, whereas four, six weeks ago, we didn't, right? We were going down the plug hole. And, and I think we've got an asset now, that people will be interested in buying because they see the team performance and they see the fans, the atmosphere that's being built, the interaction between the fans and the club getting healthy again. And, and that is probably the most pleasing thing from my point of view.
2: Yeah, some, some of the grief that, they, you know, you think of Mikey or whoever's running a lot of the social media stuff and some of the replies that they get. and Hopefully he knows it, it's nothing personal when when people do reply negatively to him in the past um you you definitely see the difference now you, you know you can see that he's obviously happy and what they what they're putting out there and it does make a difference
0: i think what, that for me what the difference is now is there's a leader in the club a proper one you know a personality a character that and i'm not i'm not no disrespect to uh, Keith curl because i don't really know um, what it was like when, while he was in there. And I, I think like, you know, we've had, obviously, we know that Moore was more involved and things like that. And I think same with Salim. I think there's been a, bit, a, a lack of clarity as to whether the, the manager is the boss or not. The gaffer's the gaffer. And at the minute, the gaffer's the gaffer. And he knows the yeah. club. It's It's familiar. He's come back in and he's, it's just like, it's just, there's just something very special about Oldham and John Sheridan. It's just it's just that because looking across uh, social media and stuff and looking at what other people um, and other clubs and other uh, other accounts that kind of focus on the lower leagues and things like that, just the way that they're responding, <laughs> just like kind of going, wow, have you seen what's happening at Oldham? Like, wow, have you seen the Oldham fans? Look at how many there are and look at the... Mm-hmm look how they're responding. Wow, look at Sheridan, three wins and two draws in his first five games. Like, it's it's taken everybody by surprise. And, you know, you've got the inevitable messages there in your in your inbox and, and on Twitter of, oh, we're only 20 points off the playoffs now. Everyone, you know what football fans <laughs> are like. You know, one minute you're getting relegated, the next minute you're going up. Like, um, And there's no doubt that if we carry on on this, on this uh, run, like we're doing, we'll finish nearer the playoffs than the bottom. Um, if if we keep this form up, but it's it's there's a long way to go yet, and and we need to get enough points on the board to ensure that we're not getting relegated. First and foremost, don't care about anything else. The thought of going up this season doesn't. I'm not even entertaining that. That's that's a pipe dream completely. But you know, any you you can. I mean, what I hope, he's going to get manager of the month, isn't he? Which is yeah. always the kiss of death, isn't it? So we know that the first game we're going to lose is probably once that's been announced. Um Because it's inevitable that he's going to get manager of the month. So
2: uh, hopefully it's not against Carlisle or Colchester. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We can. We can. We all. uh, Can we just do a campaign that we started now? Can you all write to the (laughs) EFL or wherever it is who uh, issues the manager of the month thing, and and, and insist that we don't get it for Sheridan, please? Because we need all the luck we all the look we can get, don't we? But yeah, I mean, even now I'm sitting here thinking about having a drive down to Colchester next weekend
1: because I think it is a massive massive game, game, isn't it?
0: And I think there's yeah. going to be a good turnout down there. I think I think there really is. Um, that is a it's it's funny in it because it, we're saying it every single week now. Every single game, this is the biggest game we've had for ages. This is the biggest. <laughs> game. Every single game is like that, and it is the one thing that we that we have now is we that buzz. It is like a cup final every week. The excitement of it, the atmosphere, the attendances all go to show that, are proving that that it is that exciting. Um, and it, it's great to get carried away with it but we do have to sort of shake ourselves. And the reality is, is that we're getting excited about our football league survival. It's, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's not really something to be shouting about, is it? It's, it's desperate. Being in this situation in the first place is not good. Um, So I think more for me, it'd be relief rather than celebration. uh, Even when we, we stay up. And then I think like you were saying, Andy, we're in a position now where we, it, it looks like that, that, that there is the foundation to rebuild on. There is a club there to, to rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, Harry, I know what you're saying about Scunthorpe. That was, that was a, a dire result. I think just at that point, because it was still, you know, only halfway through the season, it didn't feel quite as desperate for me as, as Harrogate did. Um, I think the situation was there with you know Salim had just taken over against Scunthorpe, hadn't he? He'd only just yeah. come in, so we were kind of still the possibility they might do all right. By Harrogate, it was like, no, we're doomed. Um, so we went me,
1: one 0 was... up as well against Scunthorpe, which which, mm. which got us all. Well, it got me excited because we started playing some good stuff, but he, he just got completely outcoached. Completely, it was it was a shocker. It was men against boys in the coaching department mm. by Keith Hill as well. I mean, of all people, you know. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, arrogant was tough for sure. I'm just glad I wasn't there. You know,
0: it it was one of the worst wear days I've ever I've ever experienced. To be honest, in mm. in terms of it's a good it,
2: job I, we didn't win though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just a weird thing to say, but it's a good job we didn't win because you know if if we hadn't have lost, then you know get a win and Salim's appointed as manager, and you know, we were doomed. And un- yeah, him. we
0: were, and that was the realisation. Everybody knew it at that point, point. Um, and then that we but we'll always remember that day, won't we? We we the Harrogate and then <laughs> result and perform. It was the performance as much as anything that was the real issue, and um, and then shares <laughs> that same yeah. evening.
1: It all turned around in two hours, didn't it? Yeah, incredible.
0: Incredible. Very emotional. Um, so yesterday, we, the thing I was a little bit worried about before the game was obviously we got the news that Luamba's obviously out for a long time. Fondop is injured for five or six weeks, I believe. Um, and it was straight away we were back to, ah, oh, we don't have any centre forwards again. <laughs> um, but Hall and Hope came back. And scored, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Sheridan. Uh, you know, he, the thing is, I mean, it's it's little things like the fact that he had worked with him before. Hope mm-hmm. and 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 I think when sheds knows a player and he's there's a relationship with that player, then he gets the he gets the most out of him, don't he? And and I think he, it was great to see Hallam Hope score. He looked really buzzing when he got that when he put that ball away didn't yeah. he yesterday?
1: He's been working hard all season, hasn't he? But he's he had has. nothing. He's had no service. He's had no support play. And uh, you put that hard work ethic into a Sheridan structure and it gets results. And that, yeah. yeah. It was great to see him score. I was thrilled for him.
2: He scored, as Chess was saying last night, he scored 15 for him in a for season. Carlisle. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so he obviously can get something out of him. And it was it was quite... Um, a pleasing change to see when he got substituted he was he was being applauded for the right reasons for coming off
0: Yeah and like you say Andy he's, he's worked really hard all season I can't fault his effort he's he's chased mm. everything down and he's worked hard but it's such a demoralising task to be up front just chasing everything all, all game and barely getting a kick in the ball um, Keelan Dunn coming in with another sort of Porcher's goal, he scored a couple like that where he's just been in the right place in the box and headed it back across the keeper like that. And um, again, it was, it was a lucky lucky goal, really, wasn't it? Insofar as the ball came in, defender headed it on to Dunn, and he just popped it away. But, yeah. you know, just set pieces, really. You know, we scored a few from set pieces now since Sheridan's come back. It's obviously something that they've been working on because um, I, I think Fondop said after the uh, Newport game they've been working on, on the training ground. Um so it's those kind of things in it taking those chances when they come along. Um and I think getting, the subs- it,
1: getting in the right positions right? Yeah. that's that's what they're doing now. Exactly. Right.
0: Yeah no getting Good up I, there was a point yesterday I remember um in the second half just how we were how we were pressing Bradford and keeping them back in their half the defenders up winning the ball on the halfway line we just wouldn't let Bradford out of, of their half Defending high, putting the pressure on and not allowing them on onto us. Um, and that was totally different than what was happening under Salim. You know, we were getting under, putting, being put under a lot of pressure and we weren't the ones on the front foot at all. Um, and, and every substitution, like you mentioned there, Andy, they got tremendous evasions yesterday. Mm-hmm. Tremendous evasions, um, both the players going off and the players coming on. Completely different atmosphere all together. Just. It's it's actually just mind blowing what the last five get what what it's what it's been like in this last five games.
1: Yeah, I'm desperate to see. I'm desperate to come and watch them. I really am. I
0: bet you are, I bet you're really excited. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's a there's a couple of other Oldham lads in this area. There's there's one who lives about a mile from me, he's from Staley Bridge, and we watch the games together. And then there's another lad about an hour and a half away who I've never met yet, but he was at Harrogate. He went over for the Harrogate game.
0: Right. <laughs> and, then,
1: and then he got COVID and had to go to the, had to stay. And he, he got to, it was in Bristol, Rovers, we played. No, first game at Rochdale, Rochdale. Right. He got to get to the Rochdale game as well. So there, there is people from this part of the world who get over there and put the effort and It's not just me.
0: Yeah, I mean it is. I mean it is. It's a long way. <laughs> There's not doubt about that. But it's just we're all over the place, aren't we? There's latics everywhere, and and it's just it's yeah. it's great that what's happened over the last couple of years has not driven everybody away. It's kind of everything's kind of been galvanised. I mean, you know, we one of our one of our favourite critics has been posting again on it somewhere on one of his side. You know, saying about oh, all you lot that. The real fans have been going through thick and thin and all that, and now we're, we're all just jumping on bandwagon now because we shares and stuff, you know. And it's this is a conversation. You know, the, the fans are, are are united now. It looks like behind shares, and but it's there's we're still a lot of work to do. This club needs an overhaul. Um, shares has come. shares is, with all due respect to shares, and he he said it himself. He's here for one reason to keep the club up. That's what it's coming in. And that's very much a short-term objective. Um, what the future for Oden looks like, we still don't know. We still don't know who's going to be run, who's going to be owning the club, how it's going to be run, but we know it needs to be done a lot differently. Um, and we need fans to all be on the same page. I think, I feel like the action that we've taken in terms of putting pressure on the owner and stuff has led to this, has contributed a lot to this sort of turnaround. In, I think one... There's no doubt. There's yeah, no I think so. Yeah, and I think that there's there's a, there's a limited ways you can do that, isn't there? In terms of putting, in terms of pressure, and we've always tried to maintain that it's a personal choice. We've never criticised anybody for doing, for going or not going or whatever. You know, as long as you're doing what you believe in, that's all right. That's fine. Um, some people still don't sort of <laughs> want to engage with. Or I think it's maybe some people just can't think critically or whatever. I don't know. I don't quite. I don't understand that that way of thinking personally, but um, I don't know where do we go from here. We're, what have, what conversations have you been having Will, with PTB about where we are now, and and I guess it's, t- it's taken us all by surprise in a way. We weren't really expecting to to be where we are now and and, and be having the conversations that we're having. But w- what what's your sort of strategy going forward now if you've got one?
2: Um, it just um, it'd be nice to to get. Like updates on what's going on with the sale. To be honest, um, you know we 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 are trying to keep positive with the club. We, you know, emailing Adam to, to try and find out if there are any updates. Obviously, you know, can't go into too many details. But has know, he been
0: responding th- to you?
2: Briefly, yeah, he he, he responds briefly. But mm. you know, you know, even if it's you know something that we can offer help with and you know, try and. Show prospective buyers what what can be achieved at the club. Um, so it, it's just a case, really, of focusing on survival at the moment for us. We just need to get those points and and get safe, um, and then you know hopefully there's, there's a buyer coming in and we can look at next season.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean we've we've been trying to with OASF. Uh, Brad's been you know, the one person that we've designated to sort of be in liaison with the club and, and things like that. And so we're hoping to, to get a meeting with them about, about uh, what's, what's happening going forward. Um, I mean, some people have said to me that they're concerned that this kind of balance is going to try and encourage the, encourage them to stay. Um we, we can't rule that out, I guess. Um We'll have to wait and see. Um, there'll, there'll
2: be, there'll be a backlash if that happens. I think Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the like you say, you can't rule it out because, you know, they've, they've gone against their word in the past. Um, but, you know, if, if, if they decide to stay, I think just, we're just back to square one and fans will kick off again.
0: Mm. What's, your, what's your view from afar being Andy, of the whole situation over the, the last few years?
1: Obviously, um, I get most of my information from social media, or my brother. My brother lives in Congleton, though we have season tickets together at Latics. Um And he, he keeps me up to date with what's been going on. Um, I, I've been pretty disgusted, frankly, at the way the club's been run, at the way managers have been moved in and out, at seemingly at the whim of people that don't fully understand what they're doing. Well, I think that, yeah, the disgust comes from a blatant disregard for the culture of, of the club, the culture of the town, the culture of the fans. You know, it, it's a special place and we're a special club. And um, to be treated really in, in, a, in, a, in a pretty antiseptic way, right? they, haven't, they haven't embraced any of that. They've, 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 um, they've done us no favours in that regard. Uh, so, obviously, I, I was as thrilled as anybody when Corny went and, 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 you know, Abdallah came in with his promises. I mean, it looked, it looked half decent at that point. And then that uh, last day of the season when we went down, um, I thought, well, no problem. We've got a good owner here, a new guy. He wants to be successful. Um, we'll bounce back. But unfortunately, it's been brutal. He said
2: he said a lot of the right things when he when he came in, didn't he? You know, he seemed to say a lot of things that you're alluding to there. You know, about the community, about the fans, and everything. And Mm. you know, it it was obvious. Yeah, it's obvious. It's obvious that it's it it was just words, and it was probably written by someone else, or Mm. you know, a bit of advice from someone else, and said, you know, say these things, and you know, the fans will love you. But if you don't back yourself with what you write and what you put out there in, in public, then
1: it's, mm. it's meaningless. I've had a bit of difficulty this season because I, I fully support what, what you guys at PTB have been doing, and I really do. Um, but, I, you know, I did buy my season ticket, even though I don't... Typically in a season, I'll get to three or four games, right? So, But I still buy it because I feel like I have to, Right. Uh, and being this far away, I can't, I don't have a connection with the club and I don't get to talk to people in pubs, <laughs> you know what I mean, about, about latex. Mm. So, you know, I buy the jerseys, I, I, I buy the shirts, I buy a new scarf when they bring a new scarf. out. I, I do all that. And, I, and, I, and, and it's been, it's, I've been really conflicted because I have been giving money to them. I, I I just, there's no other way for me to, to, to keep connected in that regard, you know? Um but what what you guys have done relative to the pressure that you've put on the owner um, I think it's been superb and I'm very very grateful for it personally keep it up
2: oh, th- thanks for the for kind words and there's a few there's a lot of people out there that don't quite understand that you know we we're doing this not for ourselves you know it's a lot of work for what we do and it's it's not about you know wanting to be, you know, taking over the club or anything like that is is about wanting the club to be run properly. And, mm-hmm. and when we started out, you know, we tried engaging with the club to say, look, what you're doing is wrong. You're making mistakes. And, you know, we we never said that, you know, that they have to leave or anything like that at the start. It was a case of trying to make sure that, make them see the error of their ways. And, you know. The whole time, they've they've just taken no notice of it all, and it's got worse and worse and worse. Mm. And you know, we're not the enemy. We are. We do want the best for the club. That's 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 all it is. And we we try and do things the right way that we think we're doing the right way. We try and get advice from other people as well to make sure what we think is the right way is 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 sensible. Um, and that's it. We we love the club and. We just want the best for it.
0: It's, there's so many people that do, and I think over the last f- f- five games, what's been great is that in terms of the visual aspect, the visual auditory aspect of it, the fans mm. turning up, packing the away ends, packing the Rochdale Road, and, and you know the North Star, all the the whole men being so busy, we've been able to show that in a way that. We haven't been able to in the past couple of years. But I think what we've what we've been doing, I think, is still in for the love of the club. It's still been it's just it's been hard. Like it's like you said, Andy, it's like you you've got these things that you want to do instinctively. It's to, mm-hmm. to go against your, your club you never went against your club, but to do things like not a turn up and to not spend money and things like that. Because mm-hmm. your instinct is to support it. Being a supporter means supporting it financially and, and yes, you know, keeping the club going by putting your money into it. That's without without fans' money or without the without you know there being an audience for advertising and, and things like that for sponsorship and revenue, the club doesn't doesn't get its income and it's it's hard to go away. And and then people that turn around and say, We're well, trying to kill the club, you're trying to you're trying to harm it by
1: doing that. It's like no oh, that was outrageous.
0: Yeah, you know, we're not that, are we?
1: that statement was outrageous
0: but we still have we still have certain fans that say that though they still don't seem to understand it i mean when he came on the radio and said that adam it was very i mean it was perfect for talk sport it was it was almost like talk sport had written it for him and said yeah go on mm. and say that that'll be great for this for this show like mm. you know we love a bit of a we love a bit of controversy um but what i think like what you were saying, Will, about what he, what he said at the beginning, I think he did say some of the right things, and it was, it was encouraging, but it's, it's actions that speak louder than words, isn't it? It's all about actions, and it's about consistency. It's about doing things a certain way. Um, and that's why I think PCB can hold their head up um, at this stage and say that you conducted yourself the right way throughout. Your actions have been you, – you've whenever you've had meetings, you've communicated the, the, the content of those meetings, you've been honest, you've been open, you've been transparent
1: they very eloquent and very professional. Exactly. That's, that's what I see. Exactly. From a distance. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah, exactly. And you can't do any more than that.
2: Well, know, it, Apart from win, win the lottery and, <laughs> and, and buy the, the club. club.
0: Yeah. Imagine that, though. Imagine that. Imagine... Uh, you win the Euro millions, you, you you win some ridiculous amount of money, hundreds of millions of pounds or something, and you, you buy it. Imagine how big the headache becomes then after that. Imagine what it is actually like, right? I mean, running the club and having to, imagine the communication of fans, everyone would be on tier. It would just be mental, wouldn't it? It would be, it, and it would be a twenty virtually a 24-7 thing. It would, it would be, I can imagine, like when you sort of like take the romance out of it, because I think we all think that, oh, there's not anyone listening now who doesn't think that, if they won that kind of money, they'll oh, definitely buy Latics. But imagine when when the when the reality starts, like of, of what it would be like. And I don't think that um that Abdallah necessarily understood what it would take to run a football club. And and just it's like putting your head inside a lion's mm. mouth in it at the circus.
1: Like you with the fans and in everything.
0: It. You you've got to be so careful, haven't you?
1: You can't dabble in it, it's not something you do. You don't buy a football club for a trinket, right? No. You, you, you buy it because you want to invest in it and, 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 uh, and grow it and build it and become a part of it. But the, these guys, it just seems that they've been dabbling in it. And again, from, from my perspective, my unhappiness really stems more from the Mo side of things than it does from the Agbella side of things. Because that's, that's the bit that I see. I don't know what's been going on in terms of running the club and the financials. I don't know enough of that detail. I've not been close enough to it, but the playing side of it it it's and some of the decisions that have been made have been downright shocking.
2: yeah, and, and, that's it, and all it's all
1: down to mo, isn't it?
2: yeah yeah, and that's really obvious. um when you look at all of the problems, all of the things that we say that you know the club have got wrong, most of it is down to the way it's been run and it, it, you can just, you just know it's down to Mo decisions, you know, freezing players out, mm. making them train with the youth team, you know, sacking managers, you know, going into the dressing room at half time, you know, that shouldn't ever happen. Mm. And, you know, it, yeah, Mo is a big problem.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
2: And, you know, look at it now at the moment.
1: You know, it, looked, it
2: looks like he's he's not around at the moment. He's more interested in going watching Man United and yeah. superb. Yeah. Carry yeah, on.
1: for that. Carry but on. I didn't even know who he was until I saw this weird looking bloke at Fulham away, right? And I, I kind of bumped into him, and um, you know he, he's carrying himself with a bit of swagger. And then he started interfacing with all the players and giving them all fist pumps and everything. And I'm thinking, who the hell was that? I had no idea who he was. And I watched him before the game and I watched him after the game. And, uh, you know, it's as if he was the manager. And it's it complete disregard for, for Pete Wilde at the time, I think. And he, he just, you know, it, the, just the way he carried himself. You don't see that. And it looked strange. And then I started to think, oh, there's something not right here. You know, for, again, I'm afar, so I don't get the level of detail you do. But that that really shocked me when I saw him behave that way. On what was a fantastic day, to be honest, that Fulham, Fulham away day it was probably one of the best football days of my life.
0: That yeah. day should have been, and it felt like it could have been the start of the Lemzigan era. Yeah. They, they had that opportunity at the, on that day. You know, they'd been sort of messing around. We'd had skulls and Bun had gone and, you know, Wilde had come in, was doing a great job. Yeah. Um, the fans were... were we're in numbers. I know. I remember Abdallah being on the pitch at the end of the game in front of the fans. That it's the only Simon time. Simon Blitz. Yeah, yeah, it's the only time was Simon Blitz there. Yeah, as well was he. Right,
2: right it's I rem... a strange one.
0: Yeah, but it felt like it could be the start of something. Everyone was feeling that kind of. It was really the last time that we felt the sort of pride that we're feeling now, yeah. Um, as fans was was on that day, and it was like this 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 might this might be all right. This might this might work. Look at us all here. Um, Obviously it didn't, (laughs) Um, but it's a shame because that, that could have been, that could have been the start of something. Obviously uh, Wilde was, was given the job till the end of the season. And then, you know, he very diplomatically said that his vision and Abdallah's vision didn't align, which is why he didn't take the job.
2: Um, Well, that that was the thing because, you know, people say about, you know, Mochi picking the team and, yeah it's not that he picks the team it's just that he in- interferes in who can and can't be selected, but there was a time when he did actually pick the team, and that was against Doncaster in the Cup. So mm-hmm. basically he told he told Pete Wilde Wilde who the team was going to be for that match. And you know for, for someone like Pete Wilde to be offered the job for the next season and for him to turn it down as a you know, as, a, as a fan of the club, turning mm-hmm. down pretty much a dream job. Hmm. It, you know does that not ring, ring alarm bells for for people you know it's it, it's such a massive statement for me that that people backing Abdallah and saying no, oh you know he pays the bills he's not that bad and you know put yourself in Pete Wilde's shoes if you're a massive fan and you get given your dream job how much must it take for you to turn that down
0: yeah I think it's. I think it's that the, the issue is about the, the the manager's position. While Moore was in situ, like he was, un, being undermined, and like you're saying about you know the, the way that he's carrying himself at Fulham and that kind of, and that's okay. You get expect the sporting director to have a good relationship with the players and whatnot, but the, it's about the gaffer. <laughs> there can only be yeah. one gaffer at a football club when it comes to the first right. team. Um, no, he,
1: he was the gaffer, all right, at Fulham. There's no doubt.
0: And now Shes is in. Chez is the gaffer, clearly <laughs> And we, I think looking forward, you know we've always tried to be balanced on this podcast and that and that means getting excited about the things that are worth getting excited about and not getting but not getting too carried away about them being critical of things and but still trying to find positives and all the rest of it. you know I mean somebody a few people said to me yesterday um, that they hope that Sheridan doesn't decide to stay on that he comes in, he does this job, and then he leaves, you know, he, because he don't want it to be tarnished in any way, you know. Uh, that was a, a, a feelings of people. But then, you know, looking forward, and am just trying to think about all the different scenarios that, that might play out. I mean, if Shez takes us on a run of form that, it, that, that you know, had we had he been in charge or seen and would have been promotion form uh, or Promotion, promotion contention form then it'd be very very hard to replace him as the manager regardless of who owns the football club because mm. you know the players that he'll, that, he'll, that he'll have had he'll he'll know who who he would keep uh who he who he would re- release who who would add to the squad um if Abdallah and Moore decide to stay but they decide to give someone Sheridan or a you know, they couldn't come in and say to Sheridan, okay, you kept us up now and by doing it that way, but now we'd like to revert back to, (laughs) you know, doing it. They couldn't do that. So, you know, if, if Shez does stay, they stay and he leaves and another manager comes in and it goes back to the way of doing things before that would just wouldn't make any sense (laughs) on it on any level. So it is a very, you know, we've entered a new phase now, which is very interesting in terms of, what next? I mean, it's, how do you, it, 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 based on the results so far and the performances, how do you, how do you follow that? How, you know what I mean? What, what happens next season? It's, it's a much better headache to have than, than the one we had previously. But what, what do you think,
1: lads? I, I think it, they have to know, the owners have to know that if they do renege on their, their promises again here and that, the, the Ambition to sell the club isn't genuine. They have to know that there'll be a backlash, and when we've gone from gates of two thousand to gates of seven thousand, right, in a month, and and they, they they know what it was like, and they know that that's going to come back, because it is, isn't it? Yeah, I, ho- I I certainly hope it is, Will. Right, <laughs> um, and 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 I for one would be far more aggressive in my behaviour relative to the owners. Um, if, if they do break these promises and it's not genuine. So I, I think first and foremost, it's got to be about the sale of the club, right? And once the club's sold, then I, I personally, I can't get carried away about, I'd love John Sheridan to be our manager next season. Absolutely. Who wouldn't, right? I can't believe anybody wouldn't, um, but I, I don't want to get carried away until the club sold. And, and we know that there's a level of stability awaiting us right that's how i feel right now
0: what about the club has to be sold but there are there are things that need to be sorted out you know we've still got the mess of who owns the stadium and who owns the club we've got to find a solution we want the club to be sold to the right people yeah we want the right investors we want the right management structure we want things to be done properly we don't want a sale to be rushed through to somebody who is, you know, we don't want a situation where, you know, it's all very well saying, yeah, we want Adal to sell the club, but we don't want him to rush a sale through to someone who is not right. Who, yeah, a few years it,
2: down the line, we're, you know, we're in the same In the same
0: situation. So we don't hmm. want that. So I think, you know, we, we have to be, I mean, we have to be mindful of that. And, so it could take time. So I think this is the thing. I think we you always have to be flexible in your thinking, don't you? And and your actions, you have to be responsive. And you have to you have to things change, and you have to analyze that change. And you have to say, right, well, maybe this is what we were thinking there. You know, and what I'm I think what I'm trying to get to is, you know, if the club isn't sold by next season, but they keep John Sheridan in charge, do we do we, and and they keep the same sort of you know culture that's now seems to be re-emerging back in the club. And as long as that sale, pr- the process is going on and people, um, they were confident the club that, that, that they are talking to people and the, the right buyers are being sought is, 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 are we okay? or Are we comfortable with that for, or does it need to be them out by the start of next season? You know, because these are the things that are very, very difficult. They're out of our control effectively. So it's just, I'm just sort of thinking like, how do we respond or do we not know yet? Does
1: it does it really depend on what happens? You
2: just have I think to be pragmatic, I think, and take yeah, it as it comes.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It'd be great. I don't think I'd be personally agitated if they didn't. If the club wasn't sold by the start of the next season, but what what would agitate me is is if there was no visible, tangible signs of, of of good intent by the owners to do so. And that's where it comes down to people like PTB yourself, Will getting updates right if we don't get these updates through people like yourselves or through the foundation um, it, it's going to start to generate some unrest I think
2: That's the way yeah. I feel. yeah you say that I think the, the foundation are, are positioned a bit better than us because as the as the shareholder in the club they are they should be entitled to know what's going on um, because it affects their share shareholding as well so
1: I have you know, a question if we, if, on that as well. By the way, sorry, Will. Go for it. Fire away. So, it, as the shareholder of the club, the foundation is it is it possible to buy a big estate? In the well, I mean, ownership structure in the current structure of, you know, the, the way the clubs organised.
2: I think it would it, it would depend on finances, and it would it would obviously depend on whether the owner was willing to do that. But also whether there's much value in doing that as well. Um, you know, we discuss about you know the contingency fund and what mm. that would be used for, mm. and you know the feeling amongst fans is that if if there was any shareholding to to buy, then you'd have to be looking at a majority shareholding, um, because otherwise. You know, you are just basically giving the mo- the owner more money for not much
1: benefit. And, well, you, can't, yeah. you can't trust him, right? To to take ten percent of the club and, and and expect to have a say. That's the point. Man.
0: And the thing is, what you have to remember: with you buy, if you know, let's just say we raise the money to buy fifty one percent of the club, you then own fifty one percent of the club. It's then your responsibility to fund the club.
1: Yeah, yeah. you've got yeah, to put the money after... in.
0: You know what I mean? You have to have a you have to have a plan and a structure for um, for doing that. And you know you need to start that before you buy the, before you get the money together to to buy the club. So mm. you, you, if that's what you want to do, then you have to put that in play. If that's that's what you have to do. And I think at the minute the contingency fund is is the, the idea of building it is it so it's there if even when we need to be to react in a worst case scenario. Um, you know we we the website that was built you know started by the the the, the, um, the former board members um of the foundation, you know, it says like fan ownership is on the way, and I think it was kind of a bit of an eye, bit of a, well, we know that they based it on the on the hearts model because hearts have gone down the fan ownership mm-hmm. model. And mm-hmm. the, 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 the work was never done prior to that by the, the previous board as to how that's going to happen, fan ownership, how it's going to be funded, how the, the you know it was kind of starting at the end rather than at the beginning. Um, so I don't think that was ever a realistic option. Based on the amount of work that had gone into it, which was there wasn't the work I hadn't gone into to, to to planning that because you know you know if you're going to that requires a business model. It requires what we have accused Abdallah of not having. Abdallah hmm. um, you know has come into this club with an idea, <laughs> which was to bring in French players, that, you know talent hidden talent from 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 the, the, the their um, agency contacts and and sell them on for profit, and that hasn't worked. And then there was no plan B, so. You know if, if the fans want if, if fans it to warn Oldham Athletic, we there's a massive, massive, massive amount of work that has to be done because we'd have to plan how we're going to run the club and how we're going to fund the mm. club. Um, mm. which of a lot of which is, is based around the North Stand and the facilities in there and the revenue streams that can come from, from there. So, so it's not to say it's not possible, but we're certainly not in a position to do it now. It's uh, it's a long, long way off. So, we, we are in that position of making sure that we. we Ideal scenario is that we are involved with and introduced to, or that investors come through us. You know, and people have been in touch with the foundation first. You know about investing in the club because they they see us as an important um, piece of the um, of the picture going forward. Uh, the fan, you know, having the fans on side, doing things the right way. We've just got to learn, haven't we, from our. From, from what we've done in the past, what we've done right and what we've done, you know, not, what, we've, what we've not done right. And now is, now is that time. This is massively, massively important time for the club. How do we capitalise on what's happening at the minute <laughs> with, with, with the resurrection Mark three. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I didn't, when he, when he, you know, when he came in, I was like, this is going to be some job. And he's making it look really easy <laughs> so yeah. far, isn't it? It's ridiculous. Because I was thinking, he can't, surely he can't pull it off and do it again. Not with this lot, <laughs> not with this, this bunch of players and with the situation we're in now. People were fearing that, you know, he was going to end up having a barny with more after a couple of weeks and walking out and things like that. We were mm. all very, very um, skeptical. But mm. he, he's making it look ridiculously easy. <laughs> it's insane. It really is. Yep. So we've got to try and build on this now and and, and hopefully because it, it like you were saying before, Will, about wanting to contact the club, work with them. You know, initially back in sort of like when um, Adam came on talks Bowl and the fans were going on the pitch and there was a protest and all that kind of stuff. What we said to him initially was, Look, let's work together. You know, we think it's time that you should go, but let's but let's work together in order to try and uh, to try and make this Outcome as, as, as beneficial for everybody as possible. And we're still at that stage, aren't we? Now, we've still got to try and make the outcomes beneficial. The future of the club is the most important thing. Um, Abdallah needs to, to feel that he's getting out of it in the right way. Um, and it's no, there's no room for vendettas and sort of no. you know, nasty, right. Isn't that, you know, bad karma and bad, you know, let's try and make it all work in everyone's best interest. I think that's really important.
1: But if you are a a prospective owner, right, the concept of us, uh, of buying a club that was on its way to the National League or the club that you saw yesterday with seven and a half thousand people rocking, getting behind everybody, playing good football. um, it's, It's a different, completely different
2: condition isn't it oh yeah and that's that's why we did like the pack the park stuff you know to show you know the fans are still there the fans still want the best for the club and you know trying to show prospective buyers etc that you know if you come in and do the right thing the fans will back you
0: yeah yeah just before we finish up lads um we started the Latics football phone in, myself and Dave Bradley a couple of weeks ago on YouTube, our YouTube channel, really enjoying it, really enjoying getting uh, fans to phone in and people are a bit shy at first. I think it'll, you know, it'll get going, but uh, you know, we've had callers, which is the main thing, but next week we've got Joe Roy along, yeah, <laughs> which is I amazing.
1: Fantastic.
0: I know. I'm really excited about that and fans are going to be able to get in touch uh, and, and speak to Joe and ask him questions and, um, you know, just, I mean, Shez is up there now, is he, in the affections of the fans in a kind of, like, Joe. Because, like, people absolutely adore Joe Royal. Latits fans absolutely love him, and rightly so. He's a gentleman and, you know, he's a hero. What he, what he achieved at the club was absolutely second to none. Um, Jimmy Frizzle was a, just before my time, but uh, I know he was very, very fondly thought of amongst the fan base and, and Shez has had the, the, the two nights at Haywood Cricket Club where he's never never has he been in so many selfies in, in a couple of a couple of days. But you know, and rightly you know, he I didn't go to any of the events, but I'm sure he got lots and lots of smiles, lots of handshakes, lots of pats on the back, and lots of love from from supporters. And he deserves it, doesn't he?
2: Yep, and lots of chance as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was great in the OEC yesterday after the game where everyone was just shouting. Johnny Sheridan and all that. It was just, it was just great. Oh,
1: I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm hey, Don't jealous. worry.
0: You, you'll be over soon. You'll be over soon. You'll be able to experience it for you, for real. So, yeah, so you're coming over for next for the Colchester and Crawley games. And then Easter, it's Northampton and
1: Forest Green away.
0: Forest Green
1: away. we mm-hmm. got a win there yesterday. So it's doable, right?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a horrible ground.
1: I have been there before. So I've, I've, I've been to Forest Green. So, Beautiful, picturesque valleys and Cotswold rolling hills, and a football stadium in the middle of it. <laughs> yep,
2: in the middle of nowhere,
1: on a In the hill. middle of nowhere, right? And the only public transport, I think, is the number sixty-three bus from Stroud Station. I okay. think.
0: <laughs> well, it'll be full of latics on that day, I'm sure.
1: Well, there's no doubt.
0: Absolutely Something's right. So, listen a bit. We'll have to make sure that um, we, we 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 get to say hello when you're over. Possibly sure. at Colchester at the weekend. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure on, on getting over, but I know that you've the club have given you the uh, the box, the the porter cabin, haven't they, for the well,
1: um, Colchester yeah. Oh Sorry, my Eastern, brother's is that right? My, yeah, my brother's arranged that with the commercial manager at the club, and uh, he's telling me it's a done deal. It's all organised, so I'm very grateful to the club for that. Excellent. Uh, and uh we will yeah, we'll make a proper day of it.
0: Absolutely, it's going to be brilliant. And. Um, Prediction, we did predictions, we have not done predictions for a while, but where do you think we'll, where do you think we'll finish? What's our league position going to be at the end of the season? You go first, Andy.
1: 19th. Okay, 19th. It sounds
0: like you thought about that.
1: Oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think we, if we, we take points, keep Carlisle below us, uh, keep Colchester below us, uh, we'll be in good shape.
2: Well, I, I, I know Sheridan is is a god. Um, I I don't know how the hell he's going to keep it going for so long. So I I need to give him a bit of breathing room. So I'm I'm going to say about twentieth. I'd love it to be more than that, but you know I just don't want to get too giddy. No,
0: I'm I'll be happy with either of those.
2: Be happy, I'd be happy with twenty second. Me too. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, me too.
0: I would I would like. To be safe with a good few games to go. <laughs> I'd like to be able to go to Trammere with no pressure, just to enjoy the day out at Trammere. I don't want to be going there with any kind of nerves in my belly, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But so far, so good. Foundry Park Alert System is a QPod production hosted, researched and produced by Matt Dean and Andy Halliwell with additional support from Steve Shipman. You can now support the pod by donating just £2.99 per month via the link in the show notes. Visit www.oafcpodcast.co.uk for merchandise and to read our weekly blog. Don't forget, you can listen to The Latix Football phoning live on Friday nights from 7 till 8 at youtube.com forward slash The Boundary Park Alert System. Last week's episode will now be up there for you to listen to. You can also support The pod by listening to us via the Fan Hub app, which you'll find in your favourite app store. Visit Foundation.com to make a pledge to the 1895 Fund and visit pushtheboundary.com. You care to keep up to date with the work of PTB. The title music is courtesy of Manchester DJ and producer Starion. Learn more about his music at redlaserrecords.bandcamp.com. And if you made it through the credits, well done and thanks for listening. See you next week.